Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We're looking at hijacked properties becoming a crime hotspots. Now there's a, a notable decay and dilapidation taking place in the city of Johannesburg at the moment. Very noticeable, in fact, to a point where many concerns are, are being raised by uh, the, by society and the community as to how, how safe are these areas, what problems do they pose. There's also value uh, value questions being prompted concerning these areas. But joining us on the line now, Angela Rivers, General Manager at the Johannesburg Property Owners and Managers Association, here to join us to unpack this issue. Angela, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure, even though it's such a dark subject to talk about. Well, it is, and it's getting dark out there at the same time, isn't it? Anyway, Angela, welcome on board. Great to have you on the show. So as I introduce the the show, we're looking at uh, hijacked properties becoming crime hotspots, dilapidated properties providing fertile grounds, fertile bases for such activity. Take us back as to how long this issue has been festering for now. Oh, this is a long-going mm. issue with um, Johannesburg. Um, it started predominantly within the inner city, um, with high-rise buildings being hijacked. Uh, this has been going on for uh, 20 years at least um, that I've been in the inner city, mm-hmm. um, and just seems to be getting progressively worse. You know, we are uh, we have the Pi Act, which is the Prevention of Illegal Eviction Act, mm-hmm. which makes it very to evict people from buildings and therefore it's become um, a, a festering ground for criminals to take advantage of our, our policies and our acts within our, our government. Well, the PI Act, as you've just uh, pointed yes. out, us, has there been any attempt to revise or uh, revisit the issue? Because uh, it, it's so obvious it, now it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a serious, it's a concerning stumbling block. It, it is. Unfortunately, um, the PI Act falls within the constitutional court. So in, to make any changes mm. to it, we have to go through the processes um, to eventually get to constitutional courts. And that is, as we know, a lot of money. And, you know, we, with, with hopefully some success, there are, look, there are a couple of organizations that are meeting and trying to get together to see if we can, as right. a collective, something about it. Mm, mm. Uh, and because it's the only way we would be able to do it. We cannot afford to do it on our own. We currently have two court cases against council currently on sewer charges and refuse charges. Right. So if to take on the Pi Act would require a lot of money. Dare I ask you, Angelo, how, okay, it requires a lot of money, as you put, but how long could this take then? Because this needs urgent attention. It needs oh. attention like yesterday. Yes, and it could take years. I mean, oh if you look at the legal cases that are currently sitting at council, some of these have been dragging on for years and years. And there's a, just as an, a quick example, there's a building that would, it took nearly 10 years to get an eviction notice and to get the, the property, um, the, the wow. legal um, tenants out of the building. So that's 10 years that the landlord had to pay for security, try and protect his asset. The building is now empty. It's Mm-hmm. Almost valueless. Um, it's been totally every single window frame, door frame, cable, pipe has been removed from it. It's literally a, a, a frame. Um, so you know that that asset is no longer no longer has any value. Seemingly now, with hands tied, as you've just outlined now uh, concerningly, Angela, law enforcement. How does law enforcement come into play here now? Uh, because yeah. 
there's there's got to be someone's got to stamp the authority someplace or another. So uh, how Absolutely. is how is law enforcement involved then, and to what extent uh, can they at least exercise their powers to at least curb, you know, um, uh, criminal and unwanted activity stemming from the situation? So the only way to really tackle a hijack building is you need every government department involved. You have to have JMPD for bylaw enforcement. You have to have SAPs for the criminal mm-hmm. element. You have to have home affairs for the illegal immigrants. You have to have social development, social services. Every single government department needs to be involved in order to tackle a hijacked building. There is a task team that the city has put together, but it's very inactive. I have not been um, privy to any of their meetings this year, um, and it, there doesn't seem to be any urgency in the the problem, what That's, they call the problem. Please. That's the impression I'm getting. You just noted all these departments that ought to be on board. To alleviate the Absolutely. situation, and there seems to be like like this non calendar uh, attitude towards it. it it's almost feel, it almost feels like well, it, maybe it'll sort itself out, you know, which mm. we know it won't. Mm. Um, we mm. have a perfect example um, in the in Hillbra, where it's a building called Casimir, which is a city owned building, which was set aside for temporary housing, so that when people are evicted, they can move to Casimir. It's mm-hmm. a government. Thing, that has been hijacked. It is one of the most dangerous buildings in Hillbra. Um, anybody who walks past, you can get mugged. The guys run straight into the building. You never see them again. Um, and the, uh, we have members who have buildings around Casimir that they're losing tenants because the guys are shooting guns through the windows, shooting bullets through the windows. The sewage is seeping out of the building. There's no water. There's no electricity. The, it's, it's an absolute, it's a slum. And, but it's wow. very important also. This is, this is, this is, this is a very important thing to understand about hijacked buildings. Not everybody in a hijacked building is a criminal. Yes. Some people are there. Mm-hmm. Just pure necessity. They mm-hmm. cannot get into the structure of formal ten of formal leasing. They don't have pay slips. They don't have mm-hmm. bank accounts. So they're forced into these situations where government should be providing them with safe and clean housing. Angela, I'd like to keep you on the line if you don't mind. We just want to cross over to Calvin very quickly just for a quick news update. It shouldn't take more than 30 seconds. If I can keep you on the line, keep you on Zoom. Great to see you. Yes, I just want to unpack this a little uh, further. Angela Rivers, General Manager at the Johannesburg Property Owners and Managers Association. We're chatting about hijacked properties becoming crime hotspots in uh, the CBD in central Johannesburg. Looking forward to continuing the conversation when we come back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back to the Afternoon Overdrive on 11.9 High FM. I'm Michael McKenna. The time is just going half past uh, four if you've just joined us. Welcome to a very interesting uh, in-depth conversation I'm having with Angela Rivers, General Manager at the Johannesburg Property Owners and Managers Association. Angela, thanks for staying on the line. So when we left off, okay. uh, you mentioned mm. now well, the honest uh, tenants that are there who don't have pay slips, who are looking at least to make as decent a living as possible, but you've got criminality going on, you've got a collapse of infrastructure within these buildings, you now have hygiene problems, and uh, you likened it to a slum. Now we've got this hygiene issue that can spread and possibly, you know, like uh, spread unwanted diseases beyond this part of the world. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of these buildings, uh, the if, if successful, because this is 
usually when a building is hijacked, the owner will ask for a level three disconnection. Mm-hmm. So that means into the building, they remove the water meters, they remove the electricity meters, so that the owner is no longer liable for those costs. Right. So a lot of these things don't have water, they don't have electricity. So now you have a situation wow. where you've got a property with no water, so there's no opportunity to, for um, washing and bathing and personal hygiene. Then you have an issue without electricity. So in a lot of places, um, people are building little mini fires in these apartments in order to cook wow. their food at night. So now it's becoming a serious, serious danger that the building can be um, caught on fire. And we actually had an incident, I think it was two years ago, when a hijacked building caught on fire um, on the side of the, the M1 highway. Um, and that, that building has now had to be um, demolished because the fire ravaged through the entire property, um, which makes sense because, you know, there's a lot mm. of the, – the, uh, there's the, even the refuse isn't being done, so rubbish well, isn't being collected. Right. So there's the no services to the building at all. And unfortunately, there's a lot of innocent families living in these situations, um, and government is allowing it. And that is that is the big issue that we have with the hijacked buildings. Is besides the fact that they harbour criminals, and there's all these other risks, is people are being allowed to live like this, and it's unacceptable. I cannot believe, as you as you mentioned, government. Uh, you know, you mentioned earlier on, government's just got this attitude, like hoping it'll just go away. And I mean, that's that's the, the attitude we seem we seem to see prevailing at the moment. At the same time, just to add to what you've just said, um, this is affecting value to these buildings. Absolutely, value value is gone. Yeah. And to what extent? So it's really what's really scary about the values of the property in the inner city is we have a situation now, for example, let's go back to Casimir because it is the most pressing one for us. Mm-hmm. Um, properties around Casimir, their values are now being depreciated. Their properties are being damaged. However, the city last month did all their um, property rates increases. So now we have a situation yeah. where property where we were paying rates of maybe 15,000 rand a month. We're now paying 50,000 rand a month. But the property is being depreciated because of the surrounding areas. The private sector seems to be pumping money into every avenue to try and keep the city afloat. We are paying our taxes. We're paying our utilities. Within the inner city, we have things called city improvement districts, mm. which are kind of neighborhoods of excellence within the inner city where the private sector is pumping money for security, cleaning, just to keep their areas safe and clean for their own tenants. So we are now contributing threefold just to keep our assets at some kind of value. Um, and it's, it just, it seems like it's never ending. Angela, just to wrap up, so we, I won't keep you any longer. We are running out of time. No. Just to wrap up, you did allude uh, earlier on to, you know, like, uh, what ought to be done, what needs to be done. So how do you see this now being resolved? Let's just wrap up the conversation. How do you, just uh, in a nutshell, how do you see this now being resolved going forward? The city needs to work with the private sector. Mm. We have been this for 20 years. A lot of the, our JPOMA members have had property in the city for 20 years. They've mm-hmm. bought hijacked buildings. They've been successful in evictions and upgrading and fixing the properties. The, the city needs to um, tap into our resources and our knowledge. We know mm-hmm. how to do it and they need to put aside oh, I'm going to get into trouble for this. They need to put mm-hmm. aside their arrogance mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. let us help them. <laughs> Angela, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for holding on.
Great chatting to you this afternoon, no and uh, yeah, welcome on board your first chat. Oh, I, I might stand corrected. You. Your first chat on Chai, Chai FM. Angela Rivers, General Manager at the Johannesburg Property Owners and Managers Association, giving us uh, quite a bit of background as to what exactly is transpiring with hijacked properties uh, becoming crime hotspots and unhygienic bases and crime bases for uh, residents in the CBD. What did you make of that conversation? Where are we going <laughs> in terms of humanity? in terms of getting things done properly and uh, making things work uh, according to principle and principle of the matter.